Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share some exciting offers, and please feel free to share this with others who you know who will also find it of interest. So it's wonderful to be home after nearly three weeks on the road in the United States and having last week's amazing podcast recorded from Texas, which I refer to as the other Lone Star State. Last month at the NRB convention, I experienced an incredible divine appointment. I was introduced to Regina Roundtree from Every Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives Matter by a mutual friend. To give you an idea of how engaged and impressed I was with Regina, I was so busy the rest of the visit that I really didn't want the conversation to end, and I equally wanted to connect in person again. She's amazing, and she then told me about another amazing person and another amazing program coming up at the end of this month in Israel one which I knew I immediately had to be part of, despite the fact that it's coming the week before my son's wedding. Fortunately, in this case, I am not the father of the bride, and I can look forward to doing so. Regina introduced me to Major Daughter, who is is the organizer of the Leadership Summit and is one of Africa's leading and -and up-and-coming media personalities. She's a respected TV host, author, coach, and philanthropist. Tying all of these together, she's a faith leader, which interweaves with everything she does. She has several best-selling books, which I have not read, but I'm really interested to getting my hands on, including Blunders Singles Must Avoid, Blunders Couples Must Avoid, I Prophecy, Prophecy World Bank, God's Heartbeat, Iron Sharpens Iron, Exposed on Grace, Secrets for a Smooth Pregnancy, What to Do When You Can't Get Pregnant, and 31 Days to Manifest Money quite a wide range of topics which I'm looking forward to speaking about with her today. Major Daughter has overcome numerous obstacles, making her success all the more noteworthy and as as an inspiration and an example to others that anything is possible with a measure of hard work and a lot of heart. She also doesn't take her success for granted. Giving back is a pillar of who she is. She's involved with a variety of philanthropic causes where her success and leadership skills help to become a role model and inspiration for others to make a difference through her wide network of supporters and advocates who share both her values and her mission. Through this network, she has been able to amplify her voice and message, reaching a wider audience and making even a more significant impact. Honestly, it's humbling to host such a media personality today who's the host and president of MDN-TV. And until I, we logged on today, I didn't realize that MD, I guess MDN is probably Major Daughter Network TV. 
And she's one of yes. South, right. It's one of South Africa's leading online channels and getting to know her now just briefly before we began the conversation. There's really good reason to understand how Major Daughter has charmed audiences with her infectious energy and her sharp wit. Her interviews via top 10 podcast, top five podcast, excuse me, in South Africa are always insightful and entertaining and thought provoking. And I look forward to sharing some of that with you now. She's hosted her own talk show where she's interviewed presidents and some of the most influential and high net worth people in the world. And honestly, I'm a little nervous to be interviewing someone of her stature and hope I can rise to the occasion. Major, it's really an honor to have you join me today on the Inspiration from Zion podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. Shalom to you and to all your listeners. I am privileged really to be here and I'm glad that you find me amazing and others. That's, that's encouraging and refreshing. Well, it is encouraging and it's amazing, but it's true. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to the trip that you're leading here in Israel because to lead a group as you're doing, coming to Israel really does mean that you are inspiring. People are, you are a leader and people are following. And that's by definition. But I would love even to talk to a little bit about your background. We, we spoke about overcoming challenges. How did you get to your, your native South African, right? But how did you get to the position? that you are in today? Where did you, where did that come from? Well, I, my father's dream and um, I was literally born talking. So I came out talking. So I've, I started talking at a very early age. So my mom will tell you that when I came out, I, I had my very first speech instead of a cry. So there has been that assignment on me of um, being a voice and uh, I had to be that voice and I had to follow up on that as it was exposed to me as I grew up. And um, I grew up in South Africa. I'm a South African. I'm proudly South African. But then come 2014, I now received um, a message concerning Israel and 2014 will be the very first time I went to Israel. So my assignment started becoming clear. So this is like a dream. So as we are coming to Israel and I'm coming with this delegation, I feel like the queen of Sheba. (laughs) That's lovely. That's really lovely. We have yes. to find you a king here. <laughs> no, I already have a king. Yeah, okay, that's okay. the difference. I have a king and a lot of, you know, princes and princesses already. <laughs> yes. But certainly as an emissary coming from Africa. That's amazing. Now, you grew up after apartheid was uh, was gone, correct? Yes. Yes. Do you, st- do you still experience, is there an, a, a sense of racism there? Because we're going to talk about that. Israel is blamed as being the new apartheid state. What's your, uh, what's your sense on that? Maybe what I should also say is one of the reasons for such an endeavor and a, a trip and a delegation to Israel is to really look at our relationships and our history which is Africa and Israel. Hence, we are doing Egypt and Israel. 
This is the very pulsating heart of a new global conversation we are starting. One of the conversations that we really need to uh, start in this regard is, uh, is Israel really an apartheid state? Because we living in South Africa and have had our grandparents and uh, our brothers having to go through that kind of a system, we can better answer that. But maybe there are questions we also need to raise. Questions like what makes it an apartheid or apartheid state? And how do we define that? And all this is hidden behind education. So our conversation is meant to start educating, educating one another, but also educating the masses, educating our children and bringing the history between Africa and Israel of centuries, the relationship of centuries, how Israel contributed and assisted the nations of Africa. I'll just, I'll just give you one example, Jonathan, which is, is, is at the very heart of this delegation. In South Africa, we have now what you call coalition governments, and other nations have also moved to coalition governments. But Israel has been led through coalition governments for a longest time. Sure, and you seem to have got it right. Yes, from the beginning. So I feel there are things that can be learned. There are things that we can be educated on. We have professors coming on this uh, delegation to take on such panels and really talk about politics and coalition governments and what we as Africa can learn from Israel's coalitions and all that. So there's a lot. I mean, I can go on forever. Jonathan? Well, we could go on forever. And and let's not forget that this podcast is coming out right before the major event of the leadership summit and i wanted to do this very deliberately so that people listening and who either are in israel or can follow you and can come to israel and we'll put the details in the speaker notes can join us and be part of that and and i'm making notes as we're speaking because now i keep thinking of more people that i need to tell to join me and to be part of this so i'm looking forward to that um you know it's interesting i had shared with you before we spoke some of the articles that I wrote following during and following my very first trip to Africa, which was in February of this year. And I've always wanted to visit Africa. There, it's such an incredible continent with such diversity and, and natural beauty and, and um, natural wealth. And I honestly never thought that it would be a visit to the Democratic Republic of Congo that was my first falling in love with Africa. But well, I wanted to mention this because as you talked about the relationship between Africa and Israel, it's so diverse. I love how you mentioned being Queen of Sheba because that's a great biblical example. And we know that yes. that we know that the tribe that took a wrong turn uh and went to Ethiopia have have deep biblical roots. And thank God most of them have come home. Uh and, and in the modern history of Israel as a priority for for so many nations that were emerging as uh, from colonialism in Africa, Israel as a brand new nation invested so much time and and 
our very, very limited resources in helping to build up Africa. And I kept, I didn't have that appreciation until I went to Africa and saw our relationship through the eyes of Africans. So it's really enlightening. I think it's important for what you're doing, but it's enlightening for us to also see that relationship through your eyes. Yes. And so, that relationship. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and it is a relationship and it needs to be ongoing. Now, you mentioned, uh, we're going to kind of go all over the place. I wanted to go back to when you said 2014, you received your first uh, mandate vis-a-vis Israel. What was that? How did you came here and visited? How did that play out? And what's, how, you, it's almost a decade now. What are we going to do to celebrate that in 2024? It, it, it was like... Um... Getting to understand, because when a a vision and a mandate is given, it's not really given in full. It begins to unfold as you grow, as you mature, but as you learn more. That is why education is important. And one of the things that was said to me then was that education is the cure for for all the ills in our society. Education is the cure for all the ills in our nations, for all the tensions. So I was told that as you begin to respond to this mandate that involves, you see, in 2014, I didn't understand this queen of Sheba. Do you understand? When it was given to me then, I didn't understand that there will be a time I will be coming to Israel with a delegation like this. But I knew that I was that voice, that voice that needed to start the conversation, the conversations that will help us educate one another, the conversations that will be the cure to the ills, the cure to the tensions, the cure, you know, to the animosity that is there. So I was told for now, just go and see Israel. And I went and saw Israel. And I thought, they're not fighting all the time. (laughs) There's no war everywhere. Look at this, Jonathan, and this is going to marvel you. Just three days ago, I talked to a very well-known businessman, very reputable businessman, because some of the things that is happening, some of the people that are coming us are business people, very reputable and top CEOs. And he says to me, why are you going to Israel? They're fighting 24-7 there. There's literally no place to move. You cannot go there. That let me know. That actually informed me that there's still so much to be done. Because there's no war on the streets of Israel 24-7. You can actually go. They live like us. They have normal lives. You know, you can move around different places. It's not war day in, day out. But if a businessman of that stature is not aware, is afraid to go to Israel because there's war going on. It's a danger zone that tells you that so much education still needs to be done. But who among us is willing to invest into this education? We have our children growing up. Some are told, you don't dare come near to Israel. Some are not even taught about the history of how Israel built university in Zambia. All these things, Jonathan. 
No, you're hundred percent right. And and that honestly, that's very inspiring to hear. We know that and we take that for granted, albeit we have our challenges here. And just before we started recording, we discussed the possibility of you bringing the group to my home, which, as I mentioned at the in the intro, is in the Judean mountains. And that's beautiful and biblical and appropriate that the Queen of Sheba should come to the Judean mountains on a biblical <laughs> basis. But m- most places in the world, they call the Judean mountains the West Bank. And that already yes. has a negative uh, term. And you're going to come here and see surprisingly lovely interaction and not warm peace, but coexistence and and a gross lack of apartheid, which is the which is the slander. I want to uh, so so thank you for that. I want to take a break, and I want to ask you the question that I want to come back with before. And the question is. As Israelis and people who are not yet registered to come on your program to to join you are hearing this, why should they come? Why should they come out for lunch on Thursday the 29th? Why should they come for breakfast? Why should they be there for networking? It makes sense what you're saying because Israel is an inspiring place for people to come, especially Christians. But I would like you to answer the question as an invitation to, to fellow Israelis who will be listening to this, who will then want to join me on your program. But first, let's take a quick break. For most of us, the COVID pandemic is behind us, but there are still opportunities that you may not know about that can help you, your church, other nonprofit, or business. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, ERTC, is important for all employers to explore and potentially receive a significant financial credit for having retained employees during the COVID shutdowns and business disruptions. If you have not already applied to receive the ERTC, part of the U.S. CARES Act, for your church, nonprofit, or business, please reach out to my friend, Liz Browser, who can help you. Liz is from Sheridan Wealth Advisors, a boutique tax advisory firm based in Miami. She provides honest and customized concierge service with a strong specialty in nonprofit and faith-based organizations. On top of being a great professional, Liz is really one of the good guys. She embraces the importance of building bridges between Jews and Christians. It's personal, so much so that she and Sheridan Wealth Advisors will donate a portion of their income to support the Genesis 123 Foundation in building bridges between Jews and Christians. It's what I call a win-win-win-win. Reach out to Liz directly in the U.S. at 954-258-6097, 954-258-6097, or email at Liz at SheridanAdvisors.com. Okay, so Major, I just asked you to flip the scenario. Why should Israelis care about the relationship, the education? And and what you're doing to come out with with me to join me next week. First of all, let the Israelis um, know this: there are people who will be coming to Israel for the first time. Some may have met the Jewish people around uh, where we live, but they'll be literally in Israel for the first time. And some have been asking questions, really. We want to know how they got their businesses right. Why are they so prosperous? Some, th- there's so much. This is 
more than just a networking session. It's more than just an education session. But some people are interested on partnerships, on collaborations, on things that they can take back home and apply and also receive maybe the same kind of results. But most of all, some are looking out to um, see Jewish people who are willing to come together and be with Africa and other nations, because it's not only Africa that will be there. But above all this, do we have Israel's support on this conversation? So the invitation really is to say, are you willing to support us on this education, on this global conversation that we are starting? And if the answer is yes, come, let's hear from you. How do you feel about everything that has been going on? Where do you think we missed it? How can we turn the tide? What can be done? We have the very good and we have the bad. But look, it's not going to help us to keep on talking about the darkness. We need to shine the light because the light chases away darkness. So we want a light. Those with light, let them come and light up the place. I'm an optimistic a citizen and a global one for that matter. I believe there's so much that has changed. I believe there's so much that can change. I believe there's so much that is good that is happening for us. And it's not reported. But remember, the news media is meant to report bad news. Because in school, in journalism, we are taught that is good news. Sorry, that is what news is all about. So you're not going to be told about the good. But remember how Israel, let's talk about Biafra war. How Israel came in when the world sort of turned a blind eye on the Biafra people in Nigeria. Look, there is so much. Nelson Mandela, who is the former statesman of South Africa, our grandfather in this nation, dined with the Jewish people. And at some stage, he said, the Jewish people and the Jewish nation, they deserve and they should defend themselves. What happened? We need to go back and look at these things. History does not have blank pages. History has facts and evidence. Jonathan, look, (laughs) this, this, this is more than... You know, it's more than just coming to Israel. It's about the times we are living in. And I feel the ground has been leveled for all of us. We all have the same level ground. After COVID, we are all starting from the same place. We've been given an opportunity to start right. We've, given an, we've been given an opportunity of a new chapter. We have the, the, the weapons, uh, you know, Our hearts and our hands are the weapons. Our legs are the weapons that will decide how we pen this chapter. Is Israel on board? Is South Africa on board? Is Egypt on board? Is the Middle East on board? Is the USA on board on this conversation? Come voice it out. Every war starts with words. Conversation. I, I like to record these conversations in video, even though they're podcasts, because I like to see 
who I'm speaking with. I have to tell you, I, I wish there were another dimension. People can hear in your voice the passion, but I have the privilege of seeing your face, the passion yeah. that yes. was that was amplifying your voice. But I want to tell you, if there was another dimension to this, if you could reach out and put your hand on my heart right now, you'd feel my heart racing because of that inspirational, positive message, powerful message that you just delivered. So I really pray that people who are also feeling that will then click through to figure out how that they can be part of this. And I suspect, and I, I le- asked you a question, which maybe we'll come back to toward the end of the conversation, that this is not the first group that you will be leading. And next year is the 10th anniversary since you've had that vision and your and, and the calling for Israel. So if you haven't already started thinking about what you'll be doing, I'm going to interject myself and say, what can we be doing in next year? I think that would be an honor and I think very appropriate. Tell tell us who who's coming. Um, you mentioned a business business people, not all South African. What's the nature of the delegation? We have professors, university professors that are coming. We have professors, we have uh, CEOs, but we also have politicians and former members of parliament. And this is critical. And I'll tell you why. If you don't have the right people coming to these audiences or to these conversations, it's a challenge. But we have the right people who are part of those who take decisions and mobilize and educate. We have the clergy coming, but not just the clergy. The clergy in our societies that sit in positions of high places of decisions and giving counsel even to government. They are forming part. They are part of this delegation. But we also have the media. We have some of the people in the media in South Africa coming as part of this delegation. We have people from the U.S., we have people from um, uh, Nigeria, different countries, really Lesotho. All these people are coming from different, different worlds and spheres of life. But the conversation is one and the yeah. heart is one. Some may be having questions. My, my only that? regret is that because it is the week before my son's wedding, my time will be limited. And I feel already I'm not going to be able to have enough time with you and the participants, but I'm excited to be there. Now, you mentioned it before, and I thought it was kind of weird, novel but weird, when I heard you were coming from Egypt. You know, you can hop a very, you can hop a direct flight from South Africa. You can fly through Ethiopia, which I've done. Why are you going to Egypt first? Why? That's not, I mean, okay, the Jews came out of Egypt. Where's that yes. coming from? Why not Greece? Why not somewhere a little more exotic? Because of the marriage between Israel and Egypt, that was, you see, the marriage between Israel and Egypt is a knot tied in heaven. It's not something that man made. And the blueprint for mankind was delivered there. The Torah was given at Mount Sinai. And uh, that is Africa and Israel. That no, when things got really tough for the for the father of the Jewish nation, where did he where did he go to? Where was he sent to? Africa. Wow. So there's that there's that marriage 
And I feel every leader should start there. Imagine Moses with an imaginary two million people with livestock. And out of the blue, they're asking for water in a desert. How do you feel like? I feel like leaders of today is what they are facing. They don't know what to do, how to do. So let's go up there and see ourselves. You see, one of the questions I've been asking and will be asking in one of the panels is, is the world led by weak leaders? Our leaders, is it a question of weak leaders or there's something amiss somewhere? What's going on? What is the kind of leadership do we have? Because you see, leadership goes back to our homes. What kind of leaders are we producing in our homes and in our societies and our communities? Because one of the pertinent questions that I'm also asking is, do we really need a change of government? Or do we need a change in our homes, our societies and communities to be able to produce the kind of change in our government? We cannot leave all these things anymore to politicians and government and say, be in control, lead us. We've got to be actively involved. That is why business ought to be part of of these conversations. That is why you need the clergy there, the rabbis, the pastors. You need them there. Problem. What an amazing vision. I, I didn't understand all of this before we spoke. Uh, Regina helped me to understand before, and, and I'm really, uh, I'm inspired. I, I just really am, am blown away, and I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to participating. One thing that you'll appreciate, and, and maybe you've thought of it, I, I can't take the credit. A friend of mine from Israel visited Egypt earlier this year, and she made this observation that it wasn't just the miracle. Like, right, Abraham went down to Egypt, uh, Joseph, followed by Jacob, went down to Egypt. Uh, Just the other day, I was hosting a friend here on a road, which I'll take you near my house, that is the original biblical highway. So we were talking about how if you happen to be a baby born under King Herod, who was looking to kill babies who might threaten his kingdom, and you were born a few miles from where I live in Bethlehem, and you escaped to Egypt, that was the road, the highway that you would have taken. And so it's it's a direct path to Egypt and back. But my friend observed that at the time, 3,500 years ago, Egypt was the world superpower. Where else would it be for God to show his might, but to take on the greatest superpower in the world. And when you're there, you won't see a superpower. You'll see a a, a thriving state, a complicated state, a state that has complicated relations with Israel. Just a week or so ago, two weeks ago, we had three young soldiers who were killed by an Egyptian soldier who went uh, rogue and, and, and became a terrorist and killed three soldiers on the border. Uh, there are still positive relationships. It's not the superpower, but you need to understand that coming out of Egypt, as we did, as Moses led, two million people, that was the superpower, and that showed God's might. And now God's might is manifest here in this country, and all of the prophecies 
that are taking place relating to here. I'm excited for what you're doing. I want to um I want I want to move to some some other topics because you're so, you have such an interesting background. But before we do, what else do we need to know? What you've got a whole audience. People are listening around the world and maybe some are listening after after the the leadership summit has taken place. What else do we need to know about you and the summit? And what's significant and, and, and why people should want to be connected and participate. Thank you so much once again for this. I must really say that um, it's an awesome opportunity. And when it came, I grabbed it with both hands. I want to say to those who cannot make it, see how you can support the summit, sponsor, donate towards the work that will be greatly appreciated. But those of you who can make it, I want to tell you, you want to be here at the very heart of this pulsating conversation. Look, you are in the West Bank and you have invited us to your home. How noble is that? Because there are people who think there's nobody living in West Bank. You can't live there because it's war. Is the hottest place of war or the hottest spot of war. But here you are. You are literally interviewing me from there. There's so much really um, to really learn from all of this, but also see for ourselves and take a message back home. Here is one thing that is sure after this conversation is that a global conversation would have started. The fire would have been started and it's going to spread. But it's starting at the right place and it will spread to other places and other nations. And the people who need to hear, they will hear. The people who need to receive this education and do their own research. Because you see, We live in a world where people just say things, you know, not based on facts, not based on anything, just all kinds of rhetoric. And it's called revolution. It's not. If we cannot base it on facts. So one of the endeavors we endeavor with this conversation is to bring on facts. Is it possible for us to exist from different religions, exist united, having no problem with one another. We have a story of Ishmael and Isaac. You are brothers. We have to love you both. The Lord says, I will bless my people, Egypt. He's not leaving them out. Right. And Egypt is Africa. That's an important message. That's important. Uh, And especially for the people that you're bringing because I think that the the notion of people supporting Ishmael, the Arab and Muslim world, is 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 been intuitive. That's been the narrative certainly since the 1970s and 80s. Um, less so over years vis-a-vis Israel. And I think, and and it's interesting for me to say this because it will go against the narrative that people believe of Israelis. And again, someone living in the quote-unquote West Bank is referred to as a settler in a negative way. And there are assumptions made about me and my worldview and my tolerance of others 
And matter of fact, just this morning, I was in a grocery store admiring and I commented to a neighbor of mine how he was interacting with the Arab, uh, Palestinian Arab workers and other um, customers. And he was able to speak with them in fluent Arabic. And I told him how I envied that. Um, but to, the, the message that that loving and supporting Israel is not mutually exclusive to loving and supporting uh the arab and and islamic rule and we need to and we need to get along and when you come here i think people will see that in a way that uh that makes them realize the challenges the narrative and makes them realize as you were saying the facts and and facts can't be denied it will challenge people so i'm grateful for that major i want to take another quick break and i want to come back and talk to you some some more diverse things but let's weave back as we need to uh, more about the Leadership Summit, but I want to talk to you about your your background because there's some fascinating things I'd like to, to learn. But let's just take a quick yes. break. If you're like most people in the world, you know about the Holocaust, but never met, much less interacted with a Holocaust survivor or heard their stories of suffering and survival. With the remaining elderly survivors dying at an unprecedented pace, in less than a generation, there will be none alive. Yet, while they did survive, and for that we need to celebrate them, many still suffer trauma from their youth. As they age, they have increasing needs. And living on fixed incomes, sometimes with no pension, things as simple and essential as basic foods, heating in the winter, medicine, and inflation can push someone over the line from surviving to struggling again. It can create stress in their lives that reminds them of the suffering they endured as young people. It's just not acceptable that anyone who suffered as much should struggle with basic needs or any undue stress in their twilight years. I want to invite you to join the Genesis 123 Foundation to bless the survivors. Yes, we pray that you'll donate personally and do so generously. And when you do, we also give you the opportunity to send your personal blessings and words of encouragement to the survivors themselves to brighten their day and let them feel your love. Having been privileged to provide financial resources to help survivors on a day-to-day -day basis, I know it makes a difference and is very appreciated. But your personal note that we translate into Hebrew, Russian, or Yiddish really makes them smile and warms their heart. I pray you'll join us by going to genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. That's genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. And please share this with others. We can't undo the suffering that they endured. And there's no limit to what the needs are, but we can never do too much to comfort them in their final years. Please join us. God bless you. Okay, so Major, I want to—I—I I, I didn't even share this with Regina, who introduced us. But when she, she said she was with a group, every Black Life Matters, it got my back up because, as I'm sure you know, and and many of our listeners know, while of course the statement Black Lives Matter is true, there's nothing more accurate. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, and particularly in the U.S., that's become politicized and that's become even taken over by a an anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist element. And I didn't hear the every. I heard Black Lives Matter. And I thought maybe I was speaking to someone who wasn't so friendly. 
and I will issue a public apology to Regina, who I didn't even mention this to yet, that I that I, I was really inspired by her and her vision. How does that weave into what you're doing? You're coming from South Africa uh, that has had a mixed relationship with Israel and where the accusation of apartheid has come. What, where, where, how do you address that? We live in an age of wokeism, and I believe that um, one of the things that every Black Lives Matter thinks to address is, is wokeism, is the kind of uh, talks we are hosting today, the kind of um, things people say today in the name of being woke. So every Black Lives Matter goes to the bottom of it and breaks it down. Because when we talk about Israel being an apartheid state, an apartheid state, a South African can tell you about apartheid because we know what it looks like. Our fathers, our brothers, our mothers, and our parents went through that kind of a system. So there are questions that must be asked and answered. Many questions. And everyone, I've, I've been listening to those who say Israel is an apartheid state. They don't seem to answer those questions. It's, it's just what it is. And they will quote our former statesman again, which is uh, Nelson Mandela, who said, we'll never be, South Africa will never be free until Palestine is free. Right. They'll be called such. So all these kinds of statements, we can't just take them like that. There's got to be more. So every Black Lives Matter seeks to address such things on the race issues, the, the systematic race, racism, uh, the wokeism, and all that. So there is no way you can be having these kinds of conversations without bringing race into it. Very Jonathan? Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That helps amplify everything that Regina shared. And I know I'm looking forward to seeing her again here as one of the participants. And, and, and I hope others who join will join as well. It's a refreshing, it's an important affirmation and it's refreshing uh, to hear that. Now, I, I have another question, completely different. I, I was, I am fascinated by your list of best-selling books. It seems quite diverse. Again, having full disclosure, having read none of them. Uh, some of them are clear, fairly business-oriented. I'm guessing Iron Sharpens Iron has that, but it also may be relational, 31 Days to Manifest Money. Um, leadership. And leadership. Um, some are clearly uh, clearly spiritual, prof, uh, prophetic world bank, God's heartbeat. I'm, I'm guessing that, that that message, your faith, weaves through. But four of them jump out to me because they're very, very intimate in terms of personal relationships. Blunders singles must avoid. Blunders couples must avoid. And then, and then uh, secrets for a smooth pregnancy. And probably, I don't know, I, I, I think this one stirred me the most. What to do when you can't get pregnant? They're four, those are four somewhat related in different ways, but very different from 
business and leadership, uh, although I'm sure there's this faith element to them. Where do those come from? Well, I must say, Jonathan, that one of the things that I do so well and the hat that I love wearing is that of a family advocate. And um, I talk to singles, I talk to couples, I deal with lots of women and men who have gone through all kinds of things. So I stand as a family advocate. So that speaks to our relationships. And I always tell people that we invest so much on our careers and businesses, but hardly ever invest on our relationships or marriages until there are problems. We are so all out or go all out to be successful in business and successful in our careers. But when it comes to investing in our relationships, we hardly ever invest anything, not even attending a marriage seminar, not even getting a relationship coach for that matter. So as one who is a family advocate, I believe that our nations are built through families and our leaders come from families. And a good family structure will give us a very good family, a very good society structure, community structure, which is where our leaders come from, which is where our politicians come from, our business people come from. So we need to get the leadership structure at home right, whether you lead as a single parent or both parents are there, it doesn't matter. But what principles are we following? So as a family advocate, I defend families, I stand for families, I help families, I've helped thousands, by the grace of God, thousands of families around the world. In fact, when people have issues in their relationships and um, whether single, married, they know we can talk. Jonathan? So how do people connect with you? You're in South Africa, but if somebody's listening to this, obviously they can order your books online. And, I, and I've listed them again, twice the names. But how does someone connect with you if, they, if they're interested? Uh, it's through Instagram or LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram personal account and LinkedIn personal account. So Instagram is Major Daughter Live. Got it. Amazing. Okay. Fascinating. Um, I wanted to come back to Africa for a minute and maybe and maybe as a way to begin to round up, although this has been a, a wide ranging conversation and I invite you to interject anything. When I when I was in Africa in February, the African Union was voting again on whether to admit and unfortunately South Africa, I think Nigeria and Algeria were the three leading countries to try to keep Israel out of the AU. Uh, while I was there, I, I don't know if you know this about me, and maybe some of the listeners do, but I've been managing for the better part of, I suspect, two years now, a uh, WhatsApp group that keeps growing. Well, we just added you to it, um, of, of uh, Christian leaders throughout Africa, I think probably close to half of the nations. I didn't know, by the way, anyone who doesn't know, I think there are 55 countries. Africa's a huge, fascinating continent and so diverse. And so about half of the countries are represented in this group. And when I was there and leading up to my trip, I kept hearing from people 
in South Africa, in Congo, in other countries, that they wanted to break the curse. As Christians, they very much believe that by Africa and their specific nations turning their backs on Israel in the 1970s and since, that that the effect of God saying that he will curse those who curse Israel is still looming yeah. there. What do you what do you say to that? Well, I mean, 100% agreement with that. In fact, one will look at uh, even South Africa and feel like it's like a nation under a curse now because of how we have dealt with Israel. But one of the things that we try to do and we have been doing in our own personal capacities, even people that I know, is to bless Israel as much as we can, where we can. And even through coming to Israel, we are blessing Israel. Even through praying for Israel, we are blessing Israel. Even through buying Israel's products, you are blessing Israel. For example, South Africa is a water issue now. Israel has solved the water issue. We talk of water desalination. There's so much, even our farming industry. I come come from a family of farmers and I married a farmer. So I've been followed by farmers all my life. Farmers have struggles now with water. Israel can assist with some of their technologies and their solutions they found, put pride aside. So when that African Union scenario happened, it, it, it really touched some of us. But we knew that we need to invest more in education. You can't mobilize anyone you have not educated. Excellent. You can't convince anyone you have not educated. Some, some Africans and some of our masses have no clue about Biafra war, for example, they don't even know what it is or what transpired there. So here is an opportunity to educate. Remember, when the mandate was given in 2014, he said, education is the cure. And do you know what, Jonathan, if I can throw this in? And he told me that when I, the day I respond, I start responding to that mandate we'll have a TV station. We started responding, we do have a TV station. Here is the MDN TV, touching lives, an undeniable voice. But not only that, leading online, leading. We came in when many went to hide during COVID. We were out there, starting conversations, leading in the forefront, out there. When many were hiding, we were out in the streets, setting the agenda, even for the mainstream media in the country, talking about things that others will not dare even mention anywhere. But it was after responding to the mandate. Jonathan? Fascinating. Amazing. Um, Everyone who's listening, if you can be in Israel, if you're in Israel, you need to be in Jerusalem on the 29th of the month and and be in touch i'll put the the way you can register here but be in touch if you'd like information and please join me um anyone who can make it to israel who's not in israel will put that information how you can still participate uh and, and certainly to be in touch and major i want to say this you mentioned before that people should support and sponsor what you're doing we have a genesis one two three foundation as a u.s 
based nonprofit, 501c3. So I will offer right now that anybody who wants to sponsor from America and be part of it can do so through the Genesis 123 Foundation, get a full tax deduction. It'll be our pleasure, our honor to be to be partners in investing uh, in what you're doing. Uh, so I don't want to forget to say that, but typically, and it's appropriate now, thank before you. I thank you formally, which I'm thanking you abundantly, and 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 we log off, what are we missing? What What's the last word that you would like to add that we haven't spoken about today, but that you'd like to share? The last word will be, thank you so much for availing your platform. Thanks, Gazillion Times, for taking it upon yourself to even hear this vision. I'll tell you why I say that. It's been one of those difficult or challenging visions to communicate. Because the first question you receive is, why would you want to take up on such that even people you expect that they will understand, they will not understand. So to everybody listening, to all those who listen, I want you to know that one day, one day very soon, we will be judged on how we handled things, on how we used even the very opportunities that were presented to us. We will be judged on the very things that were committed to our hands. One day, Jonathan, you'll have one more podcast and time shall be no more. Everybody listening with the time you have, the resources you have, whatever you have, whatever that which is in your hands, use it. Jonathan? Well, Major Daughter, I introduced you. I'm looking back at the notes that I made. Uh, This has been a truly incredible divine appointment. I think, to be honest, this is probably one of the podcasts that I've come into least prepared, but most enthusiastic about. And I, what do they say in business? Uh, to to, to um, under under create lower expectations and over deliver. You've done that. Uh, this has been a delightful conversation. Everything that I read about you, about your being a leader and inspiring and an inspired has been so wonderful. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this privilege of, sh- of sharing your voice. I'm tremendously excited to get to see you next week in person to host your group here in my home. We'll begin to change. We'll begin to educate and change minds, not to uh, not to continue with the same false narratives. and. Uh, and certainly through that, I, I, I pray, I, I pray, but I know, I know as a certainty that tremendous positive things will come out of it. So, Major Daughter, it has been an del- absolute delight 
to have you here as part of the inspiration from Zion uh, podcasts again. Thank you so much. Well, thanks a gazillion times. The pleasure is all mine, Jonathan. Yeah. I, love how you say, I love how you say gazillion. You've written that in our in our WhatsApp messages. It's a delight. As everybody knows, we always like to offer a, a reward for staying with us this long. I have to change the language of that because really these conversations are a reward in themselves. But here's an incentive to keep listening. That's how I'll promote it from now on. Every month, we're offering a special book. We call it From Jonathan's Bookshelf. And all we ask is that you do is to follow and like Inspiration from Zion on social media. And when you follow us and like us, share the link to this program. And when you share or comment on it, we pick one person at random each month to receive. You won't see, you don't see my bookshelf here, but it's, it grew a lot. It keeps growing. And I have so many books I've read and so many books I have yet to read. And I want to share something with you that will be inspiring as a connection to Israel. So please follow and like us and share this widely. It's important to always thank our sponsors. First, the friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, please pop in and thank them for helping to make conversations like this possible. And also special thanks to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider helping to join us to continue building bridges and continuing dialogues like this. And if you'd like to sponsor a future inspiring episode like this in honor or memory of a loved one or a special event, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here where we continue to share more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy. And I send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you.